What's up, Dunwoody? My name is Matt Weber. I'm the Dunwoody Realtor Dude. Justin Dyke is my co-host and founder of PoolDudes.com. Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics is our sponsor. You can find all of our info and more at whatsupdunwoody.com. This election is coming up fast. October 7th was the last day to register to vote. Early voting is October 15th through November 1st. The big election day is November 5th. I really feel like this election's a big one. Uh, Dunwoody's been a city for over 10 years. We've got it down. The next 10 years are going to be much more important. We can't just try to keep up with the other local cities anymore because Dunwoody is different. With Terry and Lynn both leaving council to run for mayor, there's a new crop of leaders surfacing. Now is your chance to pick the ones that most resemble your idea of what you think Dunwoody should be. Stacey Harris or Robert Miller for council? Hayward Westcott or Joe Seconder for council? No matter where you live in Dunwoody, you'll have an opportunity to vote for both of these races and for the mayor. Maybe the most important, Lynn Deutsch versus Terry Nall for mayor. We had both of these candidates over to sit at my wife's dining room table and talk about the future of their Dunwoody. Here's our conversation with Terry Nall. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, well, we're here at Terry Nall. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Hope all's well with you all. Yeah. Very good day. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, Wildcat gazebo. I didn't know anything about this. Is it uh, in danger? (laughs) Well, it was at one point in the past. So this gazebo, which sits along Vermac Road amidst the trailers uh, that are there, or excuse me, the learning cottages, as the school district calls them, um, was erected as an Eagle Scout project by uh, Dunwoody resident Matt Bartell. And those I've heard were, that name actually. Yeah, those we went know. in. Um, let's see. I want to say it was in 2017. I believe was the year, and it went beside the first set of uh, of a trailer group that was there. And then the following year, um, in the spring of 18, uh, he received word that the gazebo was either going to have to be removed or demolished uh, to make room for another set of trailers. And so he reached out to me. Um, to see if there was something uh, that I could do to help assist. And so I made the call to the central office, spoke to Dan Drake, who was really our contact on most things, along with the superintendent. And anyway, they looked into it. The, the, the bottom line was that Matt went through the proper channels by going through the Area 1 uh, superintendent um, and was trying to be sure they had permission to place it so it would reflect not only proper distance from the trailers that were there already but any future trailers that were coming in but for some reason there was a disconnect between the area one superintendent and the central office about where the next set of trailers would be so the uh, code uh, that they were following uh, the building code the international building code had something to say about the uh, the distance of the gazebo to the trailers the new ones that were coming in and so the the bottom line was there were things the school district could do to the gazebo. One is to paint it with uh, a fire-resistant, fire-retardant material and then put in um, a ramp as well, and that saved the gazebo. So the students today have the gazebo there to enjoy amidst all the other learning cottages, um, but otherwise would have been demolished. You, that's a that gazebo cannot be moved. It would, would, would have met demolition. Yeah. So, well, it's good. They have a nice place to vape now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that has long been a gathering spot. When you go by there on any given day, um, 
if there are students that are out there, that gazebo will be filled with students. It is a wonderful place for them to hang, as students do. Yeah, we've talked about that here on the podcast. That the outside of the high school, they need places to hang, like in Dunwoody Village, and and there's that uh, that's the tree that's across from the the health market or whatever that's got some benches around it. But mm-hmm. we need a little bit more of that, some green space around Didn't there. Didn't the Dunwoody dads do some stuff recently? There was like some new like new rubber tables, coated yeah. tables and yeah. things like that. The the Dunwoody dads are very active. Um, in fact, they meet again this Wednesday uh, morning. Uh, early seven seven o'clock. That's why we don't go. That is exactly <laughs> why we don't go. So, um, but it's a very early start to the day, and and but they do a phenomenal job of stepping up to do the things that that need to be done. Yeah. Um, but going back to Matt, so I first met Matt through the Boy Scouts. Um, not only the troop that my son was associated with years ago, but I'm still a Boy Scout merit badge counselor today. And Matt took one of my classes for personal fitness. And that's how he connected with me because he had already had a relationship with me. Okay. So Matt learned early on, uh, try to leverage the people you have connections with to see if you can get something done. I know. I know that name. He's reached out to want to come on the podcast. Yeah. Or he Actually, he didn't want to come on. He just wanted to thank us for what we did. Oh, And he okay. was the only high school kid that's ever, you know probably even college kid <laughs> the only person under the age of 20 that's ever reached out to us so. he, he's an up-and-comer he's a name at, his matt bartell is a name you want to remember for the future because he's destined to do great things oh maybe we should have him on got it matt bartlett <laughs> <laughs> you already got it wrong matt bartell <laughs> so all right well terry why, why run for mayor well because so, it's there, right? It's like Everest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, grew up in a family where civic service was uh, deeply embedded um, in our family. Uh, my father, uh, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and my father early on was the go-to guy for our larger neighborhood for the west side of Greensboro, North Carolina. If there was something the community needed, uh, you turned to Mr. Nall to get that accomplished. And he coached Little League, uh, actually minor league, the, the kids that weren't um, uh, qualified enough, I guess, from an athletic perspective to make the Little League team, or maybe they needed a bit more practice. But he did that for 30 years, and the reason he did that is he wanted every child to have an experience playing sports. And he had one rule on that team was every child got to play every game. Yeah. And he ended up winning – more games than the little league team that all these kids didn't make the tryouts for yeah and it was because the he believed in the kids and they responded in kind to that but he set up lots of things uh kids at risk programs for them um served in a variety of ways both for the community um and um and other issues and that was ingrained in me and so starting in around high school i started living that out um his belief was every day in life you want to be a beacon of faith hope and love for everybody else stay away from the negativity stay involved in all the positive things that go on in a community make a difference in the community and so that's what's resonated with me and everything that i've done both here in in dunwoody and greensboro before i moved here and here in dunwoody and so uh, for the last eight years, having served on city council, I feel that I've made a, a positive difference with this. Yeah. Um, could I 
stay on city council uh, as an at-large representative and continue making a difference absolutely uh, but this is a time that we also need there's a second piece to being mayor and that's leadership of city council that's leadership of the community it's representation of the city to other governments other agencies um, and with my uh, professional and financial uh, expertise in my day job i think i'm well suited to be that representative well suited to be that leader yeah. to keep council organized well, let's talk about your day job what do you do well because I, I see you everywhere around dunwoody so <laughs> do you do something don't, yes. don't tell my employer <laughs> <laughs> no i'm i'm very fortunate to have a flexible uh, position uh, i head i'm a cpa and i head financial services for uh, emphasis mccamish systems um, the McCamish name may sound familiar. A gentleman named Hank McCamish started the firm years ago, and you'll see his name on the uh, pavilion at Georgia Tech, uh, the McCamish Pavilion. Uh, that's the same gentleman. And then uh, as the years went by, uh, he then sold the company to Emphasis, a global company, and it's a U.S. subsidiary here, and so I had financial services for them. Um, I've been... Um, Went to school at Wake Forest, majored in accounting, worked at Pricewaterhouse, and then started the trek of being a CFO, president of a um, company or head of subsidiaries for a number of companies. And the real thing that I bring to the, um, to the employment workplace is attention to detail, leadership and talent development of the teams. I'm well known for organizing teams um, of groups. I'm always looking for successor, succession development. Uh, is very important and that's why I have the flexibility I do because I can be gone at any point in time and I know that the team the leaders uh, that I've been developing they're running the business day in and day out and they do a phenomenal job of that yeah actually that's a good point uh, so if you become mayor uh, do you get to pick the pro temp mayor no the council members okay. choose the mayor pro tem so and the mayor is a member of council so right. uh, he um, um, he would have one vote uh, in that choice, but it really uh, gravitates. Since the city has started, uh, with the exception of the founding uh, council, um, the, the thinking has been it would go to the person with the most seniority. Uh, so last year, um, the, the, uh, excuse me, two years ago, it was January of 18, uh, the council looked to myself and to Lynn uh, for that post at that time, Lynn had said she wasn't going to run for mayor, and therefore that the mayor pro tem should go to someone who was not going to run for mayor. That way it wouldn't become political. Um, and, of course, things change. I understand how that happens, but that was, the, that was the deciding factor between Lynn and myself. Right. Yeah, because you called running for mayor uh, many months ago, back in was it yeah. February? Yeah, February, uh, at yeah. the end of our retreat. Yeah. So, But I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Uh, at that time, I didn't know if Denny would run for re-election. I had a suspicion that he would not, uh, based on family commitments. But um, as I said then, and as I've said in 2011 and 2015, when I have run uh, previously for city council, Dunwoody's a kind of community, you're not running against anybody, you're running for the position, because we're all friends and neighbors. Uh, you, you will run against uh, another friend in the community when you step up for public office in Dunwoody. Right. And you want to remain friends through the campaign. You want to remain friends after the campaign as well. Is this the best group you've seen coming into uh, this election? I feel like any of these folks would be would do a good job in any of the positions. But there's a lot of new blood, too, untested. Yeah, yeah. 
I think for somebody, no, well, let me put it this way: nobody just randomly signed their name. Yeah, it feels like the, it's all serious this time. That's right. Except uh, for that one person that did drop out within a few hours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> was that just a random? That they wasn't were, a serious. They trying to get a building permit and they accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I signed the wrong form. <laughs> it seemed that way. <laughs> but uh, but no, and, and I think we've had some people over the past, listen, anytime somebody is willing to step up and invest the time to run for office, and with that, invest the time that it takes to serve four years, I will tell you, four years is a very long time to serve. Um, campaigning is tough. And, and so I'm, I'm thankful that it's four years. I don't see how our state legislators do this. It's like you elect them, and then as soon as they're elected, they're having a campaign again for re-election. Yeah. But, uh, but it's a long time. It's a heavy commitment. Um, I've, I've done a, a lot in my life in terms of civic involvement, but my rule has been not to some – people, uh, some people sign up to, to be on a lot of committees and boards – and then they don't spend a lot of time with each one of them. I'm the opposite. I limit the number of civic endeavors I take on, but I'm hands-on. I'm all in on everything I do. To your point, uh, that's why you said you said you see me everywhere because I'm all in. I'm hands-on with that yeah. uh, because I view serving Dunwoody um, uh, in the elected role very much as a civic uh, service. Um, the compensation isn't the draw because. You know, as a council member, you earn $12,000, but after marginal income tax, uh, for me, it's it's about $4,000. So it's not much. It's even less. Yeah, it's even less. Wow. Yeah. Get some health care, I guess, but you probably already got that through your. Well, (laughs) actually, I have access to three different health care plans. So then for us, well, for us, it's a choice of, you know, it's like choices everybody makes. Who's in the network, who's not in the network, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really wasn't even uh, uh, that particular uh, aspect of it. But as I've told people all along, uh, the the $4,4800 that I I end up taking home just covers gas and, and materials and things like that. In fact... I also like to think it helps pay for some of the campaign materials um, because you'll never raise all the money it takes to to run a campaign. So you chip in some yourself, and I just view that as using some of the money from the the city for serving in the role as covering that. But if the the job paid zero, if it was truly like a church board, of which I'm also active Yeah, which you already do. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I would gladly do that because it's about serving the community. It's never been about money it's never been and that's why i serve it um, all in all the time yeah why'd you pick dunwoody when you left um i mean do you go straight from wake forest here or oh no no uh back in uh, 1998 um i was uh, made a regional executive for merrill lynch and my territory was from uh, my region was from texas to north carolina well i was already in north carolina in greensboro so in order to travel to the rest of the region, I was always connecting through uh, Atlanta. Um, so the company back then, this was 98, remember that, because this was before the dot-com bust and all those things. And Merrill Lynch was very profitable. They had a, an initiative underway to have a balance between work and family uh, home life. And so they came to me and said, we think you'd have a better home life if you traveled 
starting from Atlanta and straight from the airport and made day trips. You know, this was before 9-11. So you can make day trips from Atlanta to all areas of your region and then sleep in your own bed that night. And while we're at it, we'll pay for it. It was in a full executive relocation. They paid for everything. And then they grossed everything up for taxes uh, and paid for things that realistically we didn't even need to have covered, but they covered it anyway. Uh, But that's how we ended up in the Atlanta area. And prior to that, I had been to Atlanta for conventions. I've been obviously connecting through the airport. Um, So I just had this view of asphalt everywhere, you know, downtown where the hotels are. Um, But so I I picked up a map um, at at a local drugstore, the Atlanta map. And at that point, I thought, well, an Atlanta map would be an Atlanta map. Luckily, I chose one that the northern side of the map stopped at the Chattahoochee River, because who knows? But I started with uh, where we would live would have to be on this map. If it was off the the perimeter of of this map, it was too far away. I put pins in the map of where the office would be and how to get to that office. Uh, The requirement was two or more methods to get there. Uh, the office was in Buckhead, and so uh, Dunwoody and Sandy Springs both qualified that because they're both with MARTA and then roads uh, that could be accessible. Did you map quest them back then? <laughs> Remember map quest? <laughs> I did. It's called the map on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, so we focused in on Sandy Springs and Dunwoody, um, and the the what I saw in Dunwoody. We came here, the house hunting trip was July of 98. There were several things that I observed. The banners were still up on the poles for the July 4th parade, you know, the largest parade in Georgia uh, as, we, as we know it now. That resonated with me. That said, this is a community that comes together to do things like this. There was a local paper, uh, the Dunwoody Crier, that we picked up at one of the restaurants or stores. I forget where we picked it up, but somewhere there in the village. Seeing the village, was uh, reminded me of the hometown that we were coming from you know it wasn't a downtown with high-rise buildings and things like that but there seemed to be um, a place where things uh, could happen Um, but there were two other things that also drove in remember this was july of 98 and there had been a tornado that came through in april and we could see the damage even in july um, of 98 but when we picked up that crier, it was full of two stories. The first one was about neighbors helping neighbors uh, through that tornado, helping to uh, come after the tornado to restore property and uh, restore lives. And that resonated with me. That goes back to my mantra of civic service about being a beacon of faith, hope, and love. That really resonated with me that this was a tremendous uh, community. The second item that happened is on June 6th of that year, Louis Nava, a a 16-year-old student at Dunwoody High School, along with a friend, had been carjacked. And the friend escaped, but uh, Louis, unfortunately, did not, and he was killed in that carjacking. Um, In that same crier that had the neighbors helping neighbors with the tornado was a photograph of the St. Luke's Inside Sanctuary, St. Luke's Presbyterian Church, where I'm a member today standing room only it was the largest crowd i've ever seen inside a church all for him all for lewis nava and i thought this is incredible that a community would turn out for this 
turnout for the neighbors, uh, hurt by the tornado, said this is a place we want to live. As a funny side note to that, that was the deciding factor uh, for me. Uh, it was clear that there were leaders in the unincorporated community that had come long before we did and, and gave it this, this vibe, this feel, this community spirit. Uh, I later learned uh, that the DHA had a lot to do with that, or the people involved with the DHA and others as well, churches. Churches have been um, a foundational part of Dunwoody. But the little funny part of this is, while we were doing the house hunting trip, the executive relocation uh, expert that was with us, I vividly still remember today, 21 years ago, sitting in the car on Mount Vernon Highway, because you know in, in Fulton County it's highway, not road. Yeah. Uh, Mount Vernon Highway at Roswell Road at the traffic light, and I said, so Dunwoody has this sense of downtown, this sense of community that you know where the center of it is. Where is it in Sandy Springs? I haven't seen it yet. And she thought for a moment, she says, well, I think you're looking at it at this intersection. Yeah. You know, Mount Vernon. It kind of ended and up Roswell. that way, really. <laughs> and little did I know that there really wasn't. That Sandy Springs was a place along the road, but it didn't have the, the, um, the vibe that Dunwoody had right. uh, even at that same time. So that's how we chose uh, Dunwoody. That's probably a good stopping point. Hope you're enjoying getting to know Terry and all. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcasting app to get part two when it comes out. If you're using an iPhone, the easiest way is to say, hey Siri, subscribe to What's Up Dunwoody Podcast. Just to confirm, would you like to subscribe to the podcast What's Up Dunwoody by Matthew Weber? Yes. Yes.